Good evening, everybody. This is uh, Rich Duncan from Inkheist, and tonight we're doing a uh, solo show. And tonight I'm joined, as always, by Shane Douglas Keene and Laurel Hightower. And how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Yep, doing great. Rich, how are you? I'm doing good. Just hanging out in my uh, closet here with my beverages and enjoying the weekend. I mean, this is all a bunch of bullshit because I've been talking to you guys all fucking day long. But hey, how are you guys doing? (laughs) You know know what? You're right. But it kind of feels weird, like starting it any other way. Hey, fucker. What's up? (laughs) Yeah. Like, it kind of feels like we have to be like, hey, how is everybody? Never mind that we talk on Discord like all day throughout the day. (laughs) and, And polite doesn't really play into it much. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh, we yeah. usually have guests though and it would feel awkward yeah. to just like keep Change up with our discord format. conversation as yeah. they come on like hey, yes. <laughs> just jump in whenever you feel comfortable go right ahead yeah and you know what uh tonight we'll also have a quick little uh guest appearance from todd keesling and that would be a cool way when he picks up and he goes hey guys and we just go hey fucker <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Todd, it's on and it's Rich's fault. You heard that live here on Ink Heist. <laughs> I kind of wonder what his reaction would be if that's <laughs> like if he would oh, know that we were kidding. Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I figured uh, we could kick things off uh, with, you know, kind of some of the stuff that we were enjoying this week and books movies or whatever and um i'll let you and laurel battle it out for who wants to go first because i don't think the host should go first that would seem kind of uh biased i'm just gonna wait for shane to talk so i can interrupt him <laughs> um well you could if, if it gives you any solace wait what all right god damn it <laughs> i was gonna say now that you said that like it would just be 30 <laughs> minutes of dead air because shane's like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fall for that yep shane you there uh. <laughs> <laughs> it only take awkward silence for so long there's no way it would go on for 30 minutes uh you can you guys imagine me sitting here silent for 30 minutes Oh yes, because because then you'd be like, oh shit, my mute was on, was <laughs> muted. <laughs> I've been talking for the last thirty minutes, and you fuckers didn't answer me. That one time we, one time we did that with John Taff. He got mad. Our very first, our very first episode, I'm pretty sure, and I'm sitting here talking and talking and talking, and these motherfuckers are ignoring me and talking over me, and I don't know how long that went on for before I saw that muted microphone. He, he told I mean, me after. Cussing him. Yeah, he told me later on, he's like, I was sitting there getting kind of pissed off because you guys were just, you guys weren't responding to me. <laughs> Like, like, what the fuck is up with you guys? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no, really, go first. I'll be quiet now. (laughs) Oh, me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you, Shane. Okay, well, let's talk about one that we're all going to talk about, I'm sure, but we'll go ahead and talk about it. Uh, He was going to be one of our people tonight but he's coming on at a later date uh author ian pisarchik 
um, is the author of Before Familiar Woods, his debut novel. Um, Rich and Laurel have both read that book completely. You guys, um, I've read most of it. I still have a little bit to go. But when I think of grit, lit, rural, noir, or whatever you want to call it, um, I think of guys like um, Ron Rash and Daniel Woodrell, David Joy, Hank Early, Barron to a degree. But uh, I think that Pisarchik fits in that group just absolutely fucking perfect, like a glove. I'd, I I would agree. And it's I'm I'm not as I don't think I'm as well read on that, you know, in that genre as you are. But it's I just know that this I mean, this is just beautifully written and it's it's just it's atmospheric and it's evocative. And I'm I mean, I actually am. I've got about 50 pages left to go. So ah. I'm not quite finished yet. But yeah, I mean, it's I love this. This is just an incredible debut. Yeah. And uh I, I accidentally lost internet connection there for a minute, so uh, hopefully I don't repeat what you guys already said. But, uh, yeah, I, I read it, I think, in like over the course of two days or so. And, yeah, it was probably one of the best debuts I've read in a very long time, especially in that genre. And I think I told Shane, you know, it was one of the best character-driven novels I had read where – like, even though there was a really good mystery plot there with uh, Elam, Elam and Horace and then the two uh, the two kids, I, like, even if you took all that away, like, I could have just read about those characters doing mundane stuff for the entire book. Uh, it could have all been inside Ruth's head, and I could live there easy. I know. Yeah. It's just, I thought about that because I remembered you uh, saying that about it you know before I had started it and I was halfway through and thinking like oh god yeah I mean there's definitely this very chilling you know stuff that's going on but but I could yeah I could just kind of read about her you know just whatever she's thinking all day long it's it's just it's really well done and yeah that's kind of a kind of a how blessed are we situation when we're getting debuts like the luminous dead and before familiar woods you know I mean yeah. These are these are rock star outings and their and their first outings, you know, freshman outings are, are rarely and so fucking good. True crime yeah. too. Yeah. True crime. Cuz that that was uh Sam's debut, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's unbelievable. And, it, and it's funny because um I'll get to the main point in a minute, but another thing is like I hadn't read the book, but Shane and I both really like that movie. I think it was called Winter's Bone, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it had a lot of the same qualities as that, so that was cool. But, yeah, this was one of those cool finds, because especially being so – we're more tied into the horror community at Inkheist, but with liking both genres, like a lot of times you'll hear about novels and stuff from other people, Well, and, like, you already kind of have a sense of it. This was one of those cool discoveries where I think, like, one night Shane and I were just talking about, like, oh, we want to get more into crime. So we just fired up NetGalley and just started randomly browsing through it. And I don't know what – I think maybe it was, like – That was a fucking mistake, too. Yeah. I think think maybe it was the cover, but I'm like, oh, let's check this out. And then it was, like, for fans of David Joy and I forget the other author. And then I read the little synopsis. 
And I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'll give that a try. And then, you know, like you said, when I opened it up and started reading it, it was just like, I was just blown away. So it was like that cool sense of like pure discovery where like I hadn't heard anything about it. Like I just stumbled across it. Yeah, my brain kind of did the, you know, it's like for fans of David J request. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you had to say. As soon as you said, David, I was hitting that button. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to have those experiences because, like I said, you know, I love the fact that, you know, there's great discussion on Twitter and finding writers that way. But there's something special about like those totally random you know discoveries that just like blow your mind yeah and what really kind of set me to buying it was that uh, i saw that the publisher was the same publisher as hank early and uh and i mean well you guys know what hank Early's all about yeah. Um, yeah so yeah it was uh that was a selling point and then the david g thing yeah. <laughs> do I'm wait for sure. that J, because otherwise you're going to end up with some David Icky or some shit. And right, <laughs> just make real sure before you hit the button. There are a lot of <laughs> fucked up Davids in the world, dude. <laughs> there really are. <laughs> By the way, Laurel's husband's name. Never mind. <laughs> oh. Laurel's husband's going to fly to Portland and beat my ass. <laughs> No, I think that's going to be a lot of work. I think he's just going to. Also, he's 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 in there watching that ZZ Top. Um, uh, shit documentary. Thank you. I already yeah. lost the word. So yeah. yeah, that's a great documentary. At least to us old fuckers, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I he just showed me the part where like they the first time they saw MTV they thought it was a special. So they stayed up like all fucking night just watching MTV waiting for this <laughs> special program to be over. Yep. I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, that's funny too. I always laugh at that story because I watched MTV for about four hours straight before I figured out it was just a channel. So yeah. <laughs> same deal. It's like this is kind of a fucking cool show. This fucker's long. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's funny, um, because like I, I got into MTV a little bit later when people knew what it was, but that made me think of something. Is like how now you have YouTube, but I remember growing up there was a channel called The Box, and it would be it was like a music video channel, and across the bottom of the screen it would list like a bunch of songs. I can't remember if they were grouped by category or what. But, like, you would have to, like, call this 1-800 number and enter, like, a three-digit code for the, like, video you wanted to see. And it was, like, two bucks or something. (laughs) And it's, like, now you have YouTube. It seems like such a weird, antiquated way to, like, listen to music. Really? That's kind of... Pay-per-view or something? Yeah, it was was kind of like that. Yeah, because it was, like, 24 hours. And, like, you could... It would, like it was like this weird phone icon and it would kind of like show the numbers people were like putting in. So it'd be like, Oh, coming up next. And you'd see like a quick scroll of like a couple songs. It was really bizarre. Yeah. That's kind of a, like, like a almost uh, you know, midnight 
advertisement for live girls on the telephone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Basically, basically, it was like when you think about it, it's kind of fucked up because it's basically like a television jukebox. <laughs> like you're basically watching people like make jukebox selections. <laughs> but paying two bucks a pop for them, so. Uh, yeah, that's an expensive fucking jukebox right there. Yeah. I got cheap bars. <laughs> I, I may be wrong on the price. I can't remember the price, but I, I do know that, like, it cost, like, X amount. And it was funny because, like, back then, that was the only way to, like, see music videos. So if you were, like, a music fan that was, like, into that, like, you'd have to leave that channel on for a while because you'd be, like, and a lot of times you'd forget what the code is and you'd have to, like, sit through, like, and it was like such a random assortment like you might be listening to like heavy metal one time and then like mambo number five is the next song (laughs) (laughs) that shit would drive me nuts yeah it was it was definitely strange back in the in the days before you know tiny buddy when we actually used to go out our our favorite bar neighborhood bar is a german bar and uh, David is a huge music fan, and he's a very picky music fan. And their jukebox has a way to like pay extra to bump your songs to the front. Yeah. And he would bring all this cash, and he'd spend like 20 <laughs> minutes when we first got there fucking plugging in everything he wanted to hear. And, I mean, it got hysterical because we'd hear people around us going, when the fuck is this string going to end? And we're like, not till we're gone, motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> Invested all this money in it. <laughs> Laurel's husband dumped, like, 200 bucks into the jukebox. Uh, sorry, for the next six hours, we own your motherfucking ears. <laughs> yeah, right. he, also, he also knows, like, all the, he's like, okay, which are the longest Zeppelin songs? exactly yeah exactly how you do that sort of thing (laughs) it's funny i when i used to go out like i was cheap so i would always pick like the one dollar songs and like where i live you know it's pretty much a country heavy bar so like i i forget some of the songs i would put on there but like one of them i always put rooster on there and i don't think anybody but me was pumped when it came on the jukebox (laughs) (laughs) everyone just sitting there drinking their beers they're like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) that kid put on rooster again fuck (laughs) yeah yeah it was pretty much always like the same three songs because i think it was like yeah, it was like a buck a piece or something, or or you got three credits for a dollar. So I'd pick, pick like the same three songs. One of them was always Rooster. Can't remember the other two. But uh, yeah, it, it it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, we got got kind of off topic there but uh laurel did you have anything you wanted to <laughs> recommend this week <laughs> um well i think we're coming up against a time frame here so to say we might want to pause this and talk to uh todd keesling for a few minutes and then come back to this okay yeah or we could ask him what he's uh into yeah bring him right into the fucking conversation yeah You're smart rich <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> So, I think I already have him in my contacts here. I should have. I did a podcast with him. Yeah. So, I'll add him. All right. I'm going to go make a drink super fast while you're doing that.
make a fucking okay. big drink. I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I I thought she already had one going. I did. She it's did. gone. <laughs> Go make another. BRB. Uh, she's not an amateur. What the that, fuck? That's a great quote. I did. It's gone. <laughs> okay, motherfucker. Sorry, people. I forgot. I forget when I'm doing this stuff that there's people listening to me. All right, motherfuckers. I am yeah. now going to try to get Odd Keatling. Laurel's like, oh, I'll be right back. And Shane just, they, Shane just forgets what we were doing and that we're live. Fine. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hey, let's not answer now. Fuck you. You took too long, you guys. <laughs> Well, you said 9.30, didn't you? I said 6.30. Hello. Well, hey, 6.30 for you. Going? Oh, shit. <laughs> what are you doing, Todd? I'm signing books, man. Uh, that's got to be both a pleasure and a pain in the ass. Uh, let me just say that it you start and with a perfect signature, and after, like, the twentieth time, it just slowly starts to degrade into a scribble. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, um, because Shane told me you were signing those. Are you doing them like all in one like marathon shot, or are you uh, gonna? Yeah, I, I have really bad carpal <laughs> issues as it is, so I'm hoping to just like get this over with, and then you know, take Deal my wife's pain meds and go crash. So. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's kind of my evening sorted, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Probably better to just blast through. How many of them uh, do you have to sign? 150. Ugh. I'm on, well, I just finished 30 of them. So. Did you get to oh. mine yet? Uh, they're not being <laughs> personalized. So, yes, of course I got to yours. So, totally. <laughs> Yours was the first one. Yours was number one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Todd, we were uh, we were doing just kind of stuff we checked out this week. Have you checked out anything cool? Books, movies, anything? Uh, What year is this? Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Man, I just. Like, I was just telling a friend of mine the other day that a lot of my reading time has been just completely destroyed because of my new uh, job, because I have to commute every day. Yeah. But I am listening to a lot of audiobooks, and I, uh, I just finished up uh, Black Mountain by Laird Barron, the Isaiah Coleridge series. Um, and I feel awful because I, I've had that I've had the first two books in hardcover for a while now. I've even had them signed, and... You know, Lair, buddy, if you're listening, you know, you know, I love your work, man, but I just don't have time. So I listened to the audio. And if you guys haven't listened to the audio versions of the uh, the Coleridge novels, they get the narrator's fantastic. He nails the personality perfectly and uh, does a really good job with the uh, the snappy, sarcastic dialogue, especially in that second book. That's interesting because I'm yeah. always it's like very rarely do I, can I sit and listen to an audio book, but that sounds like one that I would enjoy. Yeah, I was really 
I was really impressed with it. Like I've listened to a lot of audiobooks in the last six months, and some narrators hit it out of the park, and others not so much. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I should look into that, but like a lot of the stuff that I get is like ebooks or like I really like hard copies, so that's usually what I buy. But yeah, I I drive an insane amount. Like I probably listen to about four hours worth of podcasts every day. Yeah, I see. I I usually listen to podcasts when I'm trying to fall asleep. So, so when I try to listen to a podcast while I'm driving, it just makes me sleepy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that says about the podcast. No, no, no. So far, all I've had to listen to is the Inkai's podcast, and I'm asleep right away. No, that usually happens when I'm listening to uh, Armand and Chuck on the Mondo Method podcast. Yeah, I'm kidding. Those guys are kind of fucking boring. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that uh, that Black Mountain book is fantastic. Yeah. What are I'm just kind of curious because there's some really creepy scenes in there. Like, how does the narrator handle the Croatoan, and what did you think about that guy? I thought the Croatoan was pretty cool. I, I liked the the mystique about him. I thought Laird did a really good job building this this mythology. Uh, I like that you never really, it's not really clear on, you know, is he wearing a mask? Is he wearing somebody else's face? Is he, you know, yeah, uh, yeah the narrator just handled it very well. It was this very, uh, just almost like raspy, whispering voice for that character that I thought was very, very eerie. Yeah, that would probably scare the hell out of me, honestly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, like, sometimes when uh, I have, like, the monitor on for my daughter. Like, sometimes, like, I can hear her saying and, like, making weird noises in there. That's all I think of. <laughs> uh, she's just, you know, speaking that, you know, Stygian, yeah. you know, infant, yeah. infant language. She's all uh, yeah. slowly forget over time. She's plotting with George. You know what? It's funny because like that ghost story that I had put up on uh, Twitter about like the ball rolling into the dining room by itself. Like the very next morning I went downstairs to like have breakfast and I had it on. And like all of a sudden I just hear this weird like raspy noise. Like I can't really describe it. And then I just hear her start. Hello? Oh, I think Rich might have <laughs> blipped out there. He was having problems with his internet earlier. That's not his internet, man. That's his that's his kid. I was going to say, <laughs> that timing is not, that, that's not coincidental. Right. That was, yeah, because I mentioned that she was uh, plotting with George. Oh, yeah, I dropped out there again for a second, so. <laughs> I like, We had fun. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you okay, Rich? Are you in distress? You know what? It's funny. We probably we started talking about George, and then everything went silent. That, that was our yeah, concern. We were talking about <laughs> Todd said, "No, that was his kid." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. And I didn't. 
I didn't even like move or anything. It just kind of cut out. And I was like, oh, guess that must have been a pretty shitty story. <laughs> wow, everybody just left. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was dead silent. I was like, ooh, that was a mistake. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, that guy. We're, we're going to have to find someone else to actually plural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just leave him to George. So have you guys have you and Laurel talked before? I haven't. I was gonna say, Laurel, it's nice to you know sort of meet you. Yes, yeah. I I uh, I listened to your solo episode with Shane, and I understand we we share some geography, or at least former geography. Yeah. Uh, whereabouts are you located? Remind me. I'm in Lexington. Okay. In Kentucky. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, old stomping grounds for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. Me, when it, you were it's listening. been a while. It's been yeah. a while since I've been to Lexington. Is uh, is Tolly Ho still there at the edge of campus? It is still around, but they moved. Um, really? Yeah, they're on Broadway now, like corner of Broadway and Boulevard. What uh, used to be that like Hearts Cleaner or whatever, and it's okay. just. I mean, the food is the same, honestly, but the heart is not. I gotta say. Oh, that's a damn shame. That makes me sad. I'd just like to go ahead and say on air that the reason that they had to move was because of fucking Hugh Jass Burgers, who are no longer open, and I'm glad, but he can still go fuck himself. I don't Very know great. the company. What happened? Oh, they they uh, they bought the shopping center, and they didn't want any competition for burgers, so oh kind of shoved him out. And I was like, do you know where you are? <laughs> you have just made like a complete Kentucky institution move. No one likes you. <laughs> yeah, it did not last. So is uh what about Pazzo's Pizza? Pazzo's is still there, still in the same space. Awesome. Yeah. Did you go to oh. did you go to UK? Yeah, I went to UK uh okay, yeah. to class of 05. Um yeah, many fond memories, most of which are related to food, uh, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> that is me too. <laughs> well, no, my my uh, first creative writing class, we would uh, it was in the evening, so we would usually go over to Taliho or Pasos after class was over. You know, teacher teacher would go, Tom Marksbury, um, he would go over with us. We'd get a you know get a pitcher of beer and just shoot the shit for you know, an hour. So a lot of fun memories of doing that. Yeah. I, I love Tally Ho. Yeah, me too. Uh, funny story. It's not really funny. It's kind of stupid, but, uh, <laughs> so first time, uh, actually this is a good segue into scan lines as a matter of fact, now that I'm like staring at all these copies, but so, uh, my friend Danny, uh, you know, a bunch of the guys I went to high school with all went to UK. We all went to UK together. And my friend Danny, it was his first time going to Tally Ho. And, you know, for the listeners out there, Tally Ho is just kind of like a dive grill, you know, bar and grill sort of place that all the college kids would go. It was like open. I don't know if it was open 24 hours, but it was open yeah, to like three hours. or four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're up late studying, you're hungry obviously you go to Tally Ho because it's pretty much the only place that's open and Tally Ho uh, had this informal policy where if it was your first time and they found out it was your first time they'd embarrass the shit out of you 
Yes. Uh, they would <laughs> they would ring a bell, and they would you know say your name because you had to give your name for every order, and they would say your name and say, "Give it up for Shane, the Tally Ho Virgin." <laughs> and oh, they would Shane, and Shane like would leave. <laughs> <laughs> not if you wanted your fucking cheddar tots, man. You would not <laughs> leave. <laughs> and their chocolate moths were amazing. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, so. My friend Danny goes up and, you know, they had literally just done the embarrassment embarrassment of somebody else that was there. And it was his first time and he's kind of awkward and, you know, nervous and shit. So he gives the first name that comes to mind and it's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so like 20 minutes later, you hear, I have an order for uh, grandma, <laughs> grandma. <laughs> Did they so, do the Did they do the Ho Virgin? No, now? they didn't. They didn't. Damn. He was spared because I think the the waiter was so confused by Grandma as a name that they just didn't do anything about it. Or he's um, just thinking of his own grandma and going, "Fuck no, I'm not calling her." Yeah. Virgin. <laughs> I'm not calling on you know Granny here. That's that's not gonna happen. So it's kind of funny that I I, I bring Danny up because. Uh, two of the characters in Scanlines are based on the real Danny and Jordan and his younger brother Jordan, and you know we were all still still good friends to to this day. And I actually got their permission to use them for some of the interior artwork. So I've got a there's a photograph of the real Danny and Jordan inside Scanlines, uh, albeit their faces are heavily distorted and you know made to look really creepy, but. That's awesome. You know, I'm I'm really excited it, about about Scanlines. I'm excited, I'm excited for you to read it. I can't wait for you guys to you know to check it out. It's it's such a dark story, and I'm still kind of on cloud nine about Dim Shores picking it up because I never in a million years thought that this book would make it and get accepted. Well, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's, I love that we can hear you signing while you're yeah. on the I feel like that's that's good uh, ambiance here. Yeah, yeah I, I listened to your episode with Shane, uh, and like that was pretty cool because the whole process of making it to Dimshers, but um, like when you talked about Scanlines and what it was based off of, like I was too young for when it actually happened, but I'm very familiar with the whole Bud Dwyer thing because I grew up in pennsylvania so it's kind yeah. of a big thing there <laughs> it was a funny story uh seems like i'm full of those tonight <laughs> so my new job you know my boss is still kind of you know trying to get to know me a little bit better and he was asking me about you know when i told him that i got that scan lines got accepted he asked me he's like so what's this one about and i I'm like well are you familiar with the Bud Dwyer, you know, on-air suicide back in the 80s? And he just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll take that as a no. Oh, that's, you know. You know. Yeah, which I'm kind of surprised because you are you currently live in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, uh, but he's, he's younger than I am. So oh, okay. He was definitely, I mean, I don't think it even happened during my lifetime. Uh, I think it was like like or like eighty eighty one I think I think I could be wrong. Uh, I was born in eighty three, so uh, okay. 
Yeah, I, was know, I, I saw it on Faces too. of Death. Yeah, that's that's where I saw it, and like maybe it's just because I'm a weirdo that watched that, but like I feel like a lot of people that I knew were at least aware of it, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> I, I never watched Faces of Death when I was a kid. I, that stuff had no appeal to me. Like for as much as I loved horror, I had no desire to see the real thing, you know. And then 56k modems become you know commonplace in the dial-up era and suddenly you can actually watch videos for after downloading them for hours and you know i've seen this is the you know the age of rotten.com and stuff and suddenly you can download a video of a man having his head cut off for real (laughs) yeah and that and that's kind of what's uh like obviously disturbing but um i think the reason that i watched faces of death is because it had such a legendary reputation but like where i had heard it from like a lot of people were aware that there is some real stuff in there but a lot of it is kind of like recreations or what have you so i think that's why it didn't bother me but like you said nowadays a lot of that stuff is readily available and it's real yeah, and it, it's so odd. Like, who... Chris, this is where my, my mind goes when I start really thinking about, you know, a person who would feel the need to upload something like that. Yeah. Like, what... How do they see this material, and why? <laughs> you know? It's like, so yeah. what do they think? Do they think it's funny? Do they think it's, you know, arousing? Do they, you know, you start going off in a million different directions as to the psyche of a person who would feel compelled to upload a video like that and share it to the world. Yeah, and I go ahead, Laurel. I was just going to say, I think, I know I watched Faces of Death because they, uh, we, at the movie theater I worked at at the time, we did a midnight showing of it oh, for like wow. a weekend, and it was just fucking batshit. I mean, like, standing there talking to my manager i mean of course i'm 16 why am i working at midnight i don't know but you know there's adults coming out of there like passing out and it didn't make me feel like i wanted to pass out and at that age you know i thought it was interesting i thought it was kind of gross but it's more like i don't know adolescents are somewhat sociopathic just by just by virtue of their brains you know at that time and, and I feel like at that age, I didn't have as much of a connection or understanding about uh, the people, you know, and yeah. and and the older that I got and, and as, you know, even the age I am now, even some horror, I'm like, you know what, the imagery is too much for me. I can't I don't want to take that in. Um, so I think some of it just has to do with age. What age do you stop being a sociopath, though? Because I never got to that stage. <laughs> I'm still waiting for myself. <laughs> but uh, going oh, back shame. to what you said, uh, Todd, um, like I think I could be wrong. I could be way wrong because obviously there must be something going on that makes people upload it initially. But I think like a lot of it has to do with like the whole like viral culture and like status people get out of that like oh i'm gonna upload this because it's really fucked up and i'll you know i'll become quote unquote famous by association because you know a million people watch it or 
what have you. That's the thing about viral culture, though, is like once it becomes viral, you lose a sense of who actually did it first. Yeah. I but I think like because like you said, like it's kind of messed up. Like who would even share that? Like maybe they don't care about it and they just care about seeing like the reach. Like they internalize yeah. it. Or it's but, yeah. you know it's the sense of sharing. It's like wow, this really messed me up. Now I'm gonna mess everyone else up by forcing it. Yeah. Apart. So we uh, one of the things that I was just thinking about because my mind digresses while you guys are talking because I. <laughs> Because Shane doesn't listen way. to what we say. Because <laughs> I, I don't fucking listen to anybody. I, I listen and don't hear. So. <laughs> I just picture Shane with like a slack-jawed look while we're talking, staring at his screen. It's a slim, uh, slim line of drool. <laughs> but uh, anyway, if you fuckers are done. <laughs> I'm sorry, who are you again? And why do you care you're not listening to us anyway, Shane? Who is that? <laughs> All right, please, please go. Please continue. Okay, the point, the point. What the fuck was the point? <laughs> you mentioned sharing, and uh, I wanted to, I've been meaning to share this with you online, but I'll just share it with you here. Um, when we had our talk about that, demographics and location of uh, Devil's Creek Yeah. in our last podcast um, I've had so many people contact me talking about that place and wanting to go to that place and, Are you serious? Oh yeah, people just immediately, oh my god I gotta see this place um, Laurel's one of them Yeah, hi <laughs> <laughs> Then of course Rick and I you know, but the, uh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you guys are braver than I am. I've never actually been there. <laughs> <laughs> like, not not the actual place where, you know, people go out to party and see weird shit. Just because, having grown up there, I know the, you know, the sort of the area and the sort of people you might run into out there. And no thank you. Um, kind of a dueling banjos atmosphere. Uh, more like... <laughs> More like, you know, you might stumble onto something you're not supposed to see because ah, yeah. meth and shit. That's an Oregon problem, too, man. It's a it's an America problem is what That's it is. That's right. That's right. Opioids and meth. Everybody should yeah. smoke weed. Come on, everybody. Higher up. That's kind of a bummer because I was trying to get Laurel to, like, do EVPs out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if I can if I can get other people to go with me, I'm just not going by myself. But like, come on, well-read beard man, he's you know oh, he's he, relatively he would totally close. Down. Well, and he's he's familiar with the area. I mean, he proposed to his wife at Eagle Falls, and that's oh, did he? Maybe half an hour away from there. Uh, and, he, and he's not a small guy. He'd be good defense. He would. Also, <laughs> his his daughter is badass. So I mean. I might just hide behind her too, except that's kind of uncool because she's a teenager. I should probably protect her, but you know, <laughs> she's just. As a teenager, she would have more more of a place to be out there than any adult would. Right. All the teenagers would go out there to party. That's true. There'd be right. Kevin, Kevin, and I in the back, like we're the parents. Break it up. <laughs> actually, actually, the kids would all run faster than you, and you'd be the ones who were fucked. 
long as I can run faster than Kevin. I'll there you go. Squirrel <laughs> stomps on his instep and runs. You only have to be able to run faster than one person. Exactly. <laughs> no, I like Kevin, though. I'm trying to think of slow people I don't like now. Oh, I know, but you know what? I'm going to shut up because you guys have <laughs> way too much about that this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that, that's fucking awesome, Shane, that people are contacting you about it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool and talking to t- people talking to me about it on Twitter and stuff. It was kind of like I didn't really when we were talking about it, I was really intrigued by it, but I didn't think about that. And I didn't expect that reaction. Yeah. So um, my... My of course my my dream is that the book becomes wildly successful and then suddenly Corbin Kentucky has a booming tourism business and they're doing Devil's Creek tours and whatnot and right then I can then I can kind of you know give them the finger and say don't say I never gave you anything you fucking awful <laughs> <open> place <laughs> what, what, what would actually happen though is they'd go hey Todd made Devil's Creek famous let's gentrify the fuck out of it oh <laughs> <laughs> you know what's kind of interesting though Shane now that you said that it made me think about it is like I was always into weird stuff and weird places like that and it seems like a lot of you know familiar ones that get like a lot of press and like some of those kind of weird places or you know like weird creatures now that like the internet and technology is you know so prevalent it seems like we've lost a lot of that stuff so there's not as many like unexplored strange places like i had never heard of devil's creek until i listened to that episode with todd so people are probably probably think it's really cool that there's still you know weird shit out there that not many people know about you know it's you mentioning that kind of just reminded me uh so there was another place in corbin that Many, many years ago, when I was still trying to kick around the idea for what Devil's Creek would become, the the story. So, growing up in town, there was this abandoned hospital. It was the old Corbin Hospital. And it was uh, shut down because they built a larger facility on the uh, southwestern side of town. You know, in the same direction as you would be heading out to Devil's Creek, actually. And I ultimately decided not to use that in the book because they tore it down. <laughs> they, they finally raised the money to get one of those giant bubbles to put around the building because the whole building was full of asbestos. <laughs> oh, session it's, nine right there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, of course there would be a giant hospital you know they would take care of people filled with cancer causing asbestos <laughs> you know like what? you do yeah, yeah. Like you do <laughs> you know they only do that in kentucky though they've never done that out here that i know of <laughs> actually actually our the oregon state hospital they had to completely refurbish that place because it was yeah same thing full of asbestos so that, that was my non sequitur tangent. So, <laughs> well, and Todd, if you want me to flip Corbin the bird, I, I go up down. 
I-75 all the time. So I'll, I'll be happy to do that for you um, on my way down. <laughs> I, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> you ought to send like Todd a selfie in front of like the Corbin sign. If they have a sign, I'm not sure. They do. Uh, well, if you want to see like a proper welcome to Corbin sign, you actually have to go into town. And that's a few miles away from the, the highway. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. That would have been a funny photo. So, <laughs> it's kind of funny because the, so I guess this was a year or two ago. Uh, you guys know Jeff Strand, right? Yeah. Okay. So Jeff and his wife, Lynn, were driving from, I think they were living in Georgia at the time. Uh, they had moved by then. They used to live in Florida. Uh, they were driving to some, some book event. And they stopped in Corbin to go to the uh, the Colonel Sanders Museum because not a lot of people know this, but that's where Colonel Sanders perfected his 11 herbs and spices recipe when he wasn't molesting children. So <laughs> we're going to get sued by KFC now. Well, <laughs> bring it uh, on. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> um. So no, actually, I, I heard that growing up that Colonel Sanders uh, liked liked children a little I bit did too, too much. Um, my my great grandmother knew knew him at least knew of him because they you know he lived in Corbin. So they turned the uh, the gas station area where he perfected his recipe into a KFC that is like a awful museum that's constantly just like the oils are covered in grease because it's kfc (laughs) and they've got like they've got like a plaque and stuff and you got this you know this bronze bust of him like he was you know jesus or something (laughs) and what's funny is that i'm flipping through facebook this that day and i see jeff and lynn in front of the fucking plaque (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Corbin, I'm like Jeff Strand. What are you doing in my hometown? <laughs> and what the fuck are you doing in that and place? It's, <laughs> yeah. Because and it's no shit. Like they, the tourism board of the town, they play that up, you know, to as much as possible. There are billboards that say you can eat where it all began. <laughs> it sounds like it would be monumentally disappointing to oh, me. Oh, it is. <laughs> I hate to say this, but it's the it. What, last time I was there, it was the dirtiest KFC I'd ever been in. <laughs> oh God, that's man! You gotta work at that. So, <laughs> I hate to I hate to say it, guys, but you are not gonna get a sponsorship from Yum Brands. <laughs> <laughs> I think Yum Brands still owns KFC, but they do. Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> now I kind of want to check out the Yelp reviews for that location. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I was thinking about contacting them and asking them if they want to advertise on the show. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we were just talking about you guys. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll, have to, we'll have to tag them in the tweet. <laughs> we talked about at KFC. <laughs> I ate where all the disappointment began. <laughs> Todd has actually been to the monumentally disappointing KFC. <laughs> and I have opinions. <laughs> the legendary, legendary KFC in someplace. What was the name of that town again? Corbin. <laughs> Sorry. 
Or as my my history teacher in high school would say, Corn Bin, Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> corn Bin. Center of the universe. Did you so did you go to school in Corbin then, as far as like where you went to high school? Yeah, I lived in Corbin uh until I was until I finished college actually. I mean I I lived in Lexington while I was going to UK, but Corbin's only an hour away. Um, so yeah, uh, grew up there, went to school there, uh, and decided at a very young age, very young age that as soon as I could, I would get the hell out of there. Escaped at very high speed. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm not kidding. Like five days after I graduated college, I moved to Pennsylvania. (laughs) That is fast. Um, yeah, it's just... I mean, it, it's like any other small town in in the South or the Midwest. You know, there's it's very insular. There's its own. It is the center of its own universe, so to speak. You've got a lot of you know people who like to think of themselves as big fish in a small pond. Um, there's a lot of uh, well, now nowadays. There's a lot of uh, meth meth problems and whatnot. Uh, it was still a problem back then, but not nearly as widespread as it is now. Uh, you know, if you don't play football, you're nothing, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it just, aside from the small ragtag group of friends that I had, it just wasn't a very kind place to me. You know, it just, I got bullied a lot, and, you know, there was this level of the Corbin elite where if you're, you know, you didn't have your family didn't have an income above this level, then you were, you know, considered white trash. And I grew up poor and, you know, most of my friends grew up poor. So you were kind of treated like a second class citizen. If you, you know, your parents weren't big, big shots and Corbin when they were, you know, in high school. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is not. I don't have very many fond memories of that place. I have a lot of contempt for that place, and I'll be the first person to admit that. So, yeah. I, I left high school in the ninth grade for pretty much the same fucking reason because we were dirt poor and people treat you like that's a crime. Uh huh. Um, and then you know, a couple of years later, just went and in, went into college and finished everything out there instead because I. It turns out I'm a lot better on my own than I am with people who treat me like shit because I get mad. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, especially, we were talking about this some with, you know, one of the books that we're reading. But it's like, I think especially since I've become a mom, I mean, I was definitely one of those weird-ass kids in high school. and not like a cool weird, like a like a fucking weird you know and um so i mean i got you know i got bullied too and everything and uh it's it's like for myself you know i don't think about it as much anymore but i feel like now that i've become a mom it's like every time i hear about it i mean todd you're like a year younger than me but like i want to go back and like scoop you up and be like oh my god are you okay i want to fucking stop this shit it makes me angry i just I, i just hate you know i hate for anybody to have that experience even though i know it's i mean it's very common but yeah me too me too. <laughs> so, 
so uh, I guess it goes without saying, but writing Devil's Creek was very cathartic for me. And, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, Corbin sucks. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> We're making friends of Young, the town of Corbin, and the Colonel's remaining yeah. living family. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. One of the guys. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'll go ahead. I was just being a smartass anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guys that used to bully me left a comment on my website not too long oh. ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> he, he just commented and said, nobody cares. <laughs> wait, wait a second, because, like, <laughs> he like yeah, he obviously uh, had to have searched you out or something. Is his he life that terrible? And, <laughs> like... like I checked the IP address, and sure enough, it's in that you know that cesspit, cesspit of humanity. So, uh, the next blog post, I was just writing, you know, whatever it is I had to write. And at the very bottom, I said, "P.S. Hey, Randy, your mother cares." <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you read that because, uh, like, <laughs> I doubt it. Because how? How sad, and we'll use his name now. How sad. How oh, sad is Rich is Rich's connection it is right now? Sad. It is sad. But I agree, I agree, though. Fuck Randy, man. Um, I hope he did read it. And I hope he did. That the reason he's uh, saying nobody cares is because he's fucking jealous because he never made a goddamn thing out of himself. Oh, <laughs> There is that sounds no about other, right. I mean, there's no other answer to that because, like, if you're, you know, if you're fine and happy and content in your life, you know, you're, you're not going to be furious about. It was the most random thing, and it's like, wow, you know, you never grew up. That's that's good to know. I've never met you, Randy, but you, sir, are a douche canoe. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It is a. Uh, Ink heist, ink heist is unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> Randy's a douche. What's his last name? No. Uh, not, no. <laughs> you know what's funny? I I just lost connection again, and as soon as I got it back, I just hear Shane yelling douche. <laughs> I think that was me, actually, wasn't it? Oh no, that was Shane. Okay. I, I, yeah, I parroted you. Laura, Laura uh, a douche canoe. Anybody, anybody that might be listening to this that I went to school with will definitely know who I'm talking about, but I'm not giving out his last name because I, yeah. I, however, am a better person than that. Yes, you, you are. Go fuck yourself, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far too adult to argue with this motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to beat on Randy now. But, you know, that's just me. I grew up like that, too, so I like to beat on people who are that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, I mean, Todd, you don't, you know, you're, I guess you can't say this because you're the guy who, you know, did all this stuff. But it's pretty fucking awesome from my perspective because it's like, yeah, yeah, who cares? You know, Todd's just written all these fucking awesome books and it has all these releases this year. But right. Who cares? Nobody. Right. Randy. Right. Yeah, go, go fuck yourself, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> you know that just became the the name of this episode. Go Hashtag fuck yourself, Randy. Fuck yourself, Randy. <laughs> yeah, we should do it. You probably should. That would be. Are, that would are be they so gonna? Much. 
Uh, how about this? How about this? Uh, dear Randy, your mom cares with Todd. <laughs> yes. yes. Which one? Because I will totally, t- I, w- I will absolutely, if Todd signs off, I will make that the title of this episode. Go for it. <laughs> Which one do we prefer? You well, kind of like, go fuck yourself, Randy. I, yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. Okay. I think that's a good one. Uh, yep. It's 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 a done deal then, Todd. Yay. <laughs> we should find them on like Facebook or Twitter and just like tag them in there. Uh, <laughs> I would appreciate if you didn't. No, no, I, no. I I wouldn't really do that. I know that. <laughs> we are gonna write a punk song called "Fuck You, Randy." <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. <laughs> Anyway, we just wanted to call up and chat with you. I don't want to blow the load before we get to uh, <laughs> yeah. at length about um, Devil's Creek. Well, no, so. it's fine. I mean, we don't have to talk about Devil's Creek, but I still have a mountain of books to work through here. So I'm happy to chat as long as you guys want to. Uh, I am, too. So. <laughs> I just don't want I just didn't want to keep you if you want to concentrate on what you're doing i know it must be colossally mentally taxing dude have you seen my signature oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was sarcasm uh yeah i know i have to work on mine it's so bad but i'm you're fine because (laughs) i'm telling you after like 20 times nobody's gonna be able to fucking read it anyway <laughs> uh, nobody can read mine the first time, so it's kind of like my mom used to call me Doctor Keen. <laughs> <laughs> that should be your nickname. <laughs> it's better than some that I've had. <laughs> Isn't your name on Twitter right now Weed? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> you know I'm what not I judging, I'm just observing. <laughs> I haven't looked at Shane's Twitter in a while. I knew it was weed, but like I thought there was like more to it because like I thought it was something longer, but that would be funny. It's a reference to Stephen King's The Stand. It was W-E-E-D, that spells Shane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. <laughs> Shane does have quite a few nicknames now that I think about it. So, have you heard of um, just uh, just random shit popping in my head because it's sitting here on my desk? I'm changing the subject in case Rich or Laurel might want to mention a fucking nickname that I don't want them to. So, no, no, I, w- I wouldn't use that. Or we wouldn't. You wouldn't, but just in case, you know, slip of the tongue, alcohol, and all that. Nah, nah. <laughs> Have you heard of um, Michael Clark, Todd? Michael Clark. So no, I, I can't say that I have. <laughs> um, I was just asking because we've got I've got a couple of books by him he sent me and a bunch of my friends do, um, including Laurel and I think they're on the way to Rich. But turns out. This guy that I had never heard of before is a really solid writer. Yeah. And 
he's getting nothing but kudos for these books that he's written. Um, Patience of a Dead Man and Dead Woman Scorned. So, just Those titles at, sound familiar. Yeah, they've been all over Twitter. People have been raving about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think he told me he designed the covers on both of them himself. Nice. Michael Clark. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that, but those covers are pretty cool. They are, yeah. yeah. If you see them online, they don't really look like much, but when you get them in in your hands, they they look really cool. He's on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, come on, wireless keyboard. It's like, oh my god. I'm glad you can't see like how poorly I'm typing. <laughs> Is it Clark with an E? Uh, no E, Is just C L A R K. Oh, apparently he's following me, and I'm not following him back. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Michael, meet. Todd, I just about said Daniel, so, you know, don't... (laughs) (laughs) That should be Todd's new, uh, like, header on his Twitter. Daniel Todd Kiesling. (laughs) (laughs) I like those covers. I especially like the uh, typography on those. Yeah, I uh, I was really, really impressed with them, too. Um, and like I say, you get them in your hands and see it up close, and you can see some details of, uh, you know, the stress marks, which you can see online and the flies and stuff. But it's just the way the colors work together, such as there is, and the contrast and everything. I just fell in love with them. Nice. Eight. Uh, Todd, are you going to are you going to go to Scares to Care this year? Do you ever go to that? Uh, yeah, last year was my first time. Um, I'm planning on being there this year, provided it isn't shut down due to the Jesus. plague. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be at the Silver Shamrock table. Um, Ken McKinley asked me if I would go, and I said if he gets a table, then I'll be there. So, provided it's, you know, there are no health concerns, then yes, I will be there. Same goes for Nikon this summer. I'm planning to be there, provided that, you know, there are no health issues. So, I'm kind of just waiting to see what the, how things go there. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, my, my wife is uh, immunocompromised, so I have to be very careful about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand that. I have those issues myself. And a bunch of, not a bunch, a couple of my family members do as well. So don't worry too much about myself. My family members, I worry immensely about, though. Yeah. Yeah, we've had meetings at my day job about it and everything. So, you know, it's it's a very real concern. And... At this point in time, I'm just kind of like, okay, hopefully this thing kind of fizzles out before the summer. But, you know, if it doesn't, then I'll have to make some very real decisions that I'm not looking forward to making. Well, you know, Agent Orange said that we're all safe and this thing will be gone when it warms up. So, you know, our... our 
or esteemed leader. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I heard that same thing, but not from him. I heard it from like uh, some like uh, you know medical professional on NPR or something. But yeah, there's but it's bullshit. There there were uh, there have been other viruses in the past that that cleared up when the heat came up, but. Uh, there's there's no evidence that this one is going to do any such thing. <laughs> I mean, That's, the best thing people can do right now is to just, you know, wash their hands, be sanitary, and do yeah. the best they can. I mean, it's sensible based on based on the numbers and you know based on what the you know the communicability of this thing is. I mean, we're all going to get it. It it's you know I don't think there's really a question of if it's a matter of when and you know I, I think people just need to be more mindful about you know everybody else like even if you're if you're exposed to it if you're you know you come down with it you're staying home not because necessarily because you're sick but because you don't want to get everybody else sick yeah yeah Here's something interesting, too, that I would have never considered about a situation like this is that, like, if you have allergies and you go out in public right now and you sniffle or you sneeze, people look at you like you just murdered their dog. You know? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, like, see, that's – I'm not really worried about that because people have been looking at me like that my whole life. So. <laughs> Something about authors, man. Jeremy Hepler killed a cat one time, and people just lost it. <laughs> In a book. Claire, oh, Claire oh, I know all about that. Uh, my my first novel, uh, which is getting re-released through Bloodshot uh, next year, um, the first novel, uh, there's a cat that dies. And when that was when I originally self-published that back in 2007, I got so much hate mail from people. Uh, you know, it, it's it's amazing how passionate people are, and I get it. I, you know, I have four cats myself. Right. I would never right. want anything bad to happen to them. But it's like you do that in a book. <laughs> oh yeah, he was tell he told me that story about how people reacted to that, and I was like, it's not a real fucking cat. Exactly. <laughs> it's on a page. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't say he thought it would be a good idea to murder cats, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, Eric, you guys know who Eric Pruitt is? Yeah. yeah. Crime fiction? Okay, so, uh, hell er- Eric's, Eric's first novel, uh, Dirtbags, has a scene that I, I still crack up when I think about it. It's a scene where this guy, basically the whole premise is this guy wants to become a well-known serial killer. And because all the greats started <laughs> with animals, there's like this hilarious scene where he and his his accomplice are in the backyard behind their trailer discussing the finer aspects of, you know, killing a cat. That <laughs> 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 just, I don't know, that just made me think of it. Uh, so, this, this pleases me. I need to get to that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eric's stuff is fantastic. Uh, his uh, last novel, What We Reckon, is excellent. 
Oh, I bet he sent me dirt bags a long time ago, and I've never got to it for one reason or another. <laughs> I think he liked it. I loved uh, hashtag was fucking fantastic. So yeah, I'm sure I would like it. And what we reckon, he got a blur from Lansdale for that one. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta check out his books because I'm aware of him, but I haven't I haven't read anything yet. But I listened to the podcast he did. I think it was called like The Last Dance. Oh uh, yeah, he worked on that for I want to say two years. Oh, that was that was yeah. so good. Like I'm not usually into that kind of stuff, but the way him and the the journalist that he worked with did it, it was it was really good. Yeah, they, they his, knocked that out of the park. Definitely. Yeah, it, his books sound great. Like, because Shane and I have pretty similar tastes when it comes to books. So, uh, yeah, it, it actually kind of puts the definition to grit lit in a way. He also has this. Um, there's also this uh, under this underlining dark humor throughout the whole thing throughout his work. Uh, so I went to, what year was this? 2018, I think. I went down to, uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland for the Gaithersburg Book Festival because Eric was, a uh, one of the guest authors there. Uh, Amakatsu was there. It was right after The Hunger came out. And, um, they did a noir at the bar. He set up a noir at the bar because he was going to be in the area. So... He read the story, and I think I think this story is in his uh, his collection Townies. Um, he read this story about a an Irish boxer who well, it's about this Southern Texan guy who goes to Ireland and he gets he winds up in a boxing uh, ring with a. Uh, a, I want to say it's a gorilla. <laughs> I'm and in love. I, I could be wrong. It has been it, the last time I experienced the story was when he read it two years ago. So if I have the details wrong, I apologize. Um, but the funny thing about this story is there's an entire like rant about using the c word as. I, I, you know, the Irish are fond of doing, and I, you know, I don't know if it's okay for me to drop that word on the podcast, but uh, you know, I'm Irish. I'm Irish. He's talking about cunt guys. Exactly. <laughs> so he goes on this entire like tirade about using the word cunt in Ireland, and so I, I mention all of this because the venue, the bar where we were, uh forgot that we were supposed to be there (laughs) (laughs) so there it was loud as fuck they didn't have a place for us they ended up having to clear out a bunch of uh the the amplifiers and stuff for the house band to make room for people to read and there was also some sporting event happening at the same time so you had half of a bar filled with drunks screaming at the tv and you had the other half trying to listen to people read fiction. So you can see how this might be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So Eric gets up there like the 
rockabilly star that he is. You know, he's always got that suave, you know, hairdo and everything. Eric's a great guy. I, I love him to death. And he gets up there and he's nervous because he knows what he's about to read. And but at the same time, he knows that he needs to shut down these obnoxious idiots. And there was a table full of uh, very loud, drunk, obnoxious ladies. And they were yelling at the TV and laughing very raucously. And he gets to the part in the story where he goes on the the cunt tirade. (laughs) And there's this pause. and I'll never forget this. He has this look on his face. Like he knows he's about what he's about to do. He's about to drop (laughs) the fucking bomb on on a frozen right now. He gets to the story and he pauses and he kind of smirks and looks around and then he just goes as loud as he can, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> the whole table goes silent. <laughs> God. They left soon after. It was amazing. It was. It's it, amazing too, though. It, it demonstrates the power that people give words. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because it's like in like you say in the in the UK they don't think twice about that word. They use it every other sentence. Absolutely, you know. But here, uh, and it, like I say, it's not that the word has any fucking power. It's that people give it that power, you know, by their response to it. Yeah. You know, so. It's uh, I loved that um, the I guess the essay that was on Inkeis this week about the fourth horror. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that was really. I mean, because I, I don't feel like I'm, you know, necessarily squeamish about language, but I, when I first saw the title of that novel, I was like, huh, you know, that's an interesting choice. I wonder where that's going to go. And reading that essay, I was like, oh my god, I fucking want this novel, and now I also want to take horror back. Yeah, we're taking it back, bitches. I yeah, that's what I liked about it is that her her thought that those terms like that that. People, especially in America, see as derogatory that women just say, fuck you, that belongs to us. It's yeah. not, it's not yeah. derogatory anymore. You're not insulting me. Well, and, and given that it's just thrown around in such ridiculous circumstances, a woman almost ran me over in a Kmart and called me a whore. And I was like, I just threw so God. much wrong. Well, that's what is... you get for shopping at Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> God makes an excellent point. <laughs> I, I didn't even know there was Kmart still open. Well, this was a couple of years ago, <laughs> shortly before its demise. But it's it, it's well deserved. It's, it's very well. Sorry, deserved. Laurel. Nothing but respect. No. <laughs> but you know, I'm still in Kentucky. You know what it's like here. <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> Call people horse. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the Vatican would appreciate that. <laughs> I think I made Rich cry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still laughing at Todd just yelling, that's what you get for shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't slap whore on the end of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God, more respect for you than that. <laughs> <laughs> <Pray again. laughs> 
That's how we know you've left Kentucky, though, Todd, because <laughs> if you were still here, you'd have probably just thrown away. That's apparently what we do to each other. It just, it, I mean, it is funny. Reading that, I thought about the number of times that people have called me whore, and it rarely has anything to do applicably, you know? It's, it's always just like a... I am angry at this female. I will now hurl this epithet at her. As some, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, in my experience, it doesn't even have to be limited to females. I mean, based on the number of people I yelled that at in traffic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, for me, it's a non-discriminatory word. I use it freely among the sexes. Um, so for me, that's motherfucker. Motherfucker is universal for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and women look at you. Women will look at you funny. You get pissed off at a woman and call her a motherfucker. She'll look at you like what? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? I forget. Was it was it last week when we talked to Armand? Where we you know we we always tell guests you know it's okay to say you know like curse words on here. And I think like one of our recent episodes was the first time people were like, Oh, I've, I've listened to this show before. I know I can curse on here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've made that obvious. <laughs> I, okay. I have a confession. I fell asleep halfway through that episode because I was tired. Not because I was born. Right. And, we already heard about your falling asleep to podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, I gotta ask this because I haven't had a chance to go back and finish it. Did that motherfucker talk shit about me at all? No. (laughs) No. Did he say anything about Todd Kiesling writing 150,000 word short stories? (laughs) No, he didn't, but I want to have him back now. He He and Chuck always say that shit on the Mondo Method podcast. They're always talking shit. That's okay. We got that. We got the Mondo Kiesling feud going. Oh, there's no feud. I, I love Armand dearly. No, I, think I, the, I know that he did. He said that you had been to the beers and is it beers and fears? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing that they do every year. Uh, I went the first year as just a just to show up and be supportive. And then I got invited the last couple of years to it. And uh, yeah, it's just a great time. It's a great concept, you know, get people drunk and selling books. Yeah. (laughs) So what number are you on Todd? I'm not actually numbering. I'm just signing right now. Oh, I'm going to go number in one fell swoop when I'm done. I'm almost, I'm almost through them though. That's cool. Then you'd give your hand a nice long break between the signature and the numbers. Yes. <laughs> Not taking the bait on that one, Shane. <laughs> I clearly did because I kind of. I was, I was like, like I <laughs> too easy, Rich. What the hell? <laughs> well, that's because like I know I know Shane so well that like, and I know how his brain works. That, I knew like, exactly just, where he was going. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Laura, how do you put up with these two adolescents? <laughs> oh my God, you should hear her. <laughs> it's, it's funny, true. like. 
we had uh we had laurel as like she was like i think our third guest ever and then we had her on for like a solo show and after we had the solo show we were like we knew that she would fit right in <laughs> yeah it was an after we did that one show with her as a guest host it was like yeah. we fucking need her yeah. and fortunately exactly. she agreed yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly at the right maturity level, Todd. So actually, I'm fine. <laughs> and it shows you that you can still be a child at it when you're in your 20s, 30s, and 50s. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got the bases covered. <laughs> wow, 50s, huh, Shane? Yeah, five five. I'm I always, uh, I always, Taff is older than me, though. John Taff is an old fucker. <laughs> Taff is an old fucker, but he's a wise old fucker. Yes, he is very, very wise. Um, and he's not really an old fucker. He's one year older than me. <laughs> I guess that does make him an old fucker. Since I'm an old fucker. You no, know, speaking of old fuckers, I, I was talking to Brian Kirk on the way home from work yesterday. <laughs> for some reason, I thought Kirk and I were the same age, and he's like. He's got like six or seven years on me. He's like 43, 44. I'll be 37 next month. Wow, I wouldn't have pegged him for that. He uh, looks yeah, so young. Like, yeah. I'm like, but you're. Is he a vampire? <laughs> Could be. I don't know. He lives in Atlanta, so that's entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't aware that Atlanta had a had a vampire problem. It's it just it just seems just gothic enough for a vampire problem, you know. Dude, it's Coca Cola. <laughs> it's Coca Cola and peaches. <laughs> well, have you ever have you ever read the short story collection? Uh, fuck it, never mind. <laughs> It, I completely yeah, lost it. Yeah, I was expecting you to tell me that there was a collection called Coca-Cola and Peaches. No, no, it's called Vamp- Vampires in the Lemon Girl. You know what? Shane, if you ever put together a short story collection, Coca-Cola that needs to be the title. Either that or you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm fond of the second one. Especially. <laughs> yeah. you, you got me with that one. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Stories by Shane Douglas. <laughs> yeah. I would give that to everyone on my Christmas list. Every fucking person. Every last one. Especially at work. <laughs> Oh, the pressure's on now. <laughs> you all have, of all of you the daycare to. teachers, every last one, everyone's getting. You know what? Fuck. <laughs> you have to do it now, Shane. That's just it. It fits your personality so well, too. It does. <laughs> also, before Christmas, okay. Uh, I want a sixty thousand word manuscript on my desk by next Friday. <laughs> Oh, man, you can ask Laurel how long I've been working on Laurel and Rich how long I've been working on this one story. I don't think Friday's happening, man. What are you working on? A story. 
It started out as a short story, a crime story, but then I was organizing notes last night and realized that I basically have a bunch of fucking chapter outlines. So I, now I need to sit down and kind of lay them out and figure out what the hell it is I even have. He's mostly mad because he found he was accidentally outlining. Yeah. <laughs> that was the main thing. He's like, no, I'm pantsing this fucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> My life has been a lie. I'm actually an outliner. Shane's like the lord of chaos. And then he's like, I realized I wrote a whole bunch of chapter outlines. Well, tell me, has this ever happened to you, Todd? Um you start you a story comes to your mind right and you get uh-huh. i got when it happened the entire beginning of the story basically formed itself in my head okay um and it's really twisted um and I'm then shocked. shortly thereafter um the entire ending of the story popped into my head okay so now i'm working on the structure in between those two fucking things and that's where it started blowing up on me <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like, uh, the process for the novel I'm working on now, actually, uh, <laughs> and why it stalled for so many years, because I didn't know how to get to, you know, I didn't know how to get to that ending. Right, there's no map. I yeah. think we talked about that. But, you know, it's, it, that's typically, that's part of my, my process to begin with. Like, I try not to start something unless I have a beginning, I have an ending, and I have a title. So, you know, I'll let the the, ma- the magic happens in finding my way to that ending. The title kind of ties it all together thematically. Um, but then you, you have no idea how long it might take you to get to that ending. That's exactly right, yeah. Um, but I, I have no experience whatsoever, so I was like, is this normal? <laughs> I mean, there there are authors out there who will outline every single chapter before they ever start writing. Uh, personally, I, I don't like doing that because it kind of kills the magic if I already know what's going to happen. Like, I won't go so far as to outline chapter by chapter until I know I'm in the home stretch. Uh, and I kind of do that just to keep myself on task. But there are many authors out there who, you know, just start with a premise and they start writing and kind of see where it leads them. So it leads. Ideally, you want your characters to kind of start showing you where you're going next. And you just got to trust to follow. And then next thing you know, you've got a full manuscript and... And the real fun begins of whittling it down to make it look like you knew what you were doing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was semi-joking with Alan Baxter today when he uh, was talking about what it takes to be a writer. And I said, I said, uh, you have to hate yourself. You have to hate everybody else worst. And you have to have a drug or a drinking addiction, preferably both. Uh, don't necessarily need the addictions. Cause I, I can't write when I'm drunk. I, I, I've tried, and it's definitely not for me. And I'm not, you know, I don't do drugs or anything. Nah. So. I, know, I don't write when I'm drunk. I just drink to ease the depression after I write. 
<laughs> no, the, the depression is your gift for finishing your writing. <laughs> oh, God, that's the most accurate thing I've ever heard. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh. I like how we're all just nonchalantly joking about depression because, you know, I assume that we all have experienced it at you know, some point, if not oh. on a daily basis. Yeah. Yep. Yep. On the regular. But uh, well, that's, I'm I, super depressed now because I just finished signing the last book. Oh, that sucks, man. Actually, congratulations, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Jeez, that sucks. Oh, that sucks, man. <laughs> I'm really sorry that your hand's going to get a break. That, that's horrible. <laughs> we were I hoping, wouldn't go that far. Mm. We, were, we were hoping, yeah. <laughs> Circled back around to it. See what I did there? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's the old Shane switcheroo. <laughs> I'm giving you a slow clap right now, just away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need a drink. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm I also don't drink and write. I just drink after writing. <laughs> But. I think we've all tried drinking and writing, though, right? Because it's like, maybe I'm fucking Hemingway. Maybe this works for me. Right. It does not for me. <laughs> when I was younger, I could. When I was younger, I'd write hundreds and hundreds of poems while I was drinking in a bar, you know. Um, well, but now, I try, if I tried that, I'd be reading somebody else's language the next morning. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what a poem by Shane in a bar would sound like. And I, all I can think of are just variations of the Nantucket limerick. <laughs> uh, and it's telling that I, all four of us know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. oh. well, I want an episode of nothing but Shane's drunk Nantucket. <laughs> God. How to end a podcast in one fell swoop. By <laughs> shit <that was> <laughs> That'd be a nice short story title right there. Right, and it'd be apocalyptic for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or or it could also rocket you into podcast superstardom. <laughs> never, no, I'm, I'm still anxious to see what that C word gets me later. Right. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen is like in three or four years, some I'm going to make somebody an enemy and they're going to go dig up this podcast and just like start cutting out the sound bites. <laughs> And you know, <laughs> and splice that one word into other things that make it sound. Yeah, and it'll be like a one of those deep fake videos. So, you know, here's Todd Keesling calling, you know, calling the Queen of England a cunt. Yeah, now that I think about it, I'm gonna have to dissociate myself from you. Okay. So I they try can't to dissociate say, from myself on a regular basis. It doesn't work out very well. That way they can't say, hey, listen to this conversation Todd Kiesling and Shane Keene had back in fucking 2020. <laughs> Todd oh, wow. Kiesling calls Kmart shoppers whores. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Now, 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 hold on. You're putting words in. You'll you'll know if I've fallen on really hard times if you catch me giving sound bites. Like, yeah, I just don't even know where it came from. I, I was shopping at Kmart like just a regular good American, and and he called me a whore. <laughs> Said I deserved it. <laughs> Lex18 is slipping me money on the side. <laughs> right, National Enquirer. Uh, uh, oh my god! You know, I'm actually I do a lot of accents, and I gotta say the Kentucky accent is the one I'm the worst at. I don't know why, why that is. Laurel, I I think that was pretty good. Actually. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, but what do I know? <laughs> Todd would be an authority. Todd, can you do that? Let's hear it, buddy. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I <laughs> lived outside of Kentucky for so long, I can't even fake it very well. I'm totally cool. So, if you ever want to hear the worst Irish accent, ask me for it. <laughs> <laughs> then I won't. Yes. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> Come on, you gotta you gotta cough it up now. If you do the Irish accent, I'll do the shitty Kentucky accent. Oh God, no! Because I mean, I can't do an Irish accent at all. I was serious. That's right. We're expecting a shitty Irish accent. I can say "fuck." That's the only Irish word I know. Fuck. Fuck him. Well, I guess I should, you know. I, I'll try to slip into the lazy man's way of speaking English. Uh, right. uh, i got to pretend like I'm scraping peanut butter off the roof of my mouth. Mm, uh, so what, fact, what are y'all doing? Oh, see, I could do better than that. What the <laughs> fuck? You think you do better than that? <laughs> I think so. Thanks. so. <laughs> It sounds like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> it's like, you know, white suburban guy trying to be like yeah. Southeastern Kentucky. Hello, boys and girls. How y'all doing? Uh, hello. hello there, boys and girls. How y'all doing? That sounded like Homer Pyle right there. I mean, you got to start. You gotta, you know, kind of forget how to speak a little bit and just run your your syllables together into like a single syllable. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't I can't really do it anymore. And what's funny is that the last few times that I've been to Corbin, uh, and I've had to go say to like a Walmart to get you know stuff. Which is way that's what better you get. than a Kmart. It's just better than Kmart, but not not by much. And you know, I had to go to Walmart. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but I was hungry, and uh, you know, went to get some food or something. And people would look at me. They would just like it's like they could sense that I wasn't one of them. <laughs> it's kind of like how in Inception, when all the dreams start realizing that the dreamer isn't supposed to be there. And they all just start walking by and staring. Yes. That's... You know, that's funny, too, is that when I was a kid, I hitchhiked 
all over the place, you know, just kind of a vagabond thing, just roaming. Um, this during and, the Dust Bowl? And it was, <laughs> yeah, this was actually pre-Dust Bowl. Um, it was right after the Oklahoma land rush. <laughs> were, were you riding the rails? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we had them yet. <laughs> they were, oh, still, they were, they the were still going west. They were still laying the laying the tracks. Yeah, they were laying the tracks like hell on wheels style. <laughs> okay, Shane is absolutely wearing overalls in my mind. Okay, please proceed. He has he must have a harmonica. That's important. He does. He does. No, just that it's universal that in every single small town in America. If you aren't from there or you've been away from there for a long time, you're fucking alien. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they know it. It's like, don't matter. It, it can be like 2,000 people in this town, but you walk through this town and everybody knows you don't belong. <laughs> you know? That's why, I mean, it's, I was messaging with you guys about Hellier. It's like, man, we got there and everyone looked at us like we just didn't belong. Oh, and I'm like, so your, your fucking nose is pierced and your hair is dyed black and it looks really cute, but you're in fucking hell, you're Kentucky. So. Right. You're in, you're in deep, deep in coal country, Kentucky, and people are flocking to the only gas station in town to talk to you, not right. because they want to talk to you, but because they've never seen outsiders before. And they don't have a fucking thing to do. No, absolutely not. I like how they're all in, they're like, it's like a combination gas station pizza place. I'm like, yes, every fucking small town in Kentucky. That's what it is. <laughs> that's Hell, I, I've got two of those, Justin, where I live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got a picture. I think it's from Pikeville or maybe it's Paintsville of the one that's like it says like, uh, you know, pizza buffet. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? I'm like, Jesus is coming. <laughs> The fucking pizza buffet. No shit. It's a good fucking buffet. You know, the 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 thing is though is that he would actually show up and ask for pineapple on his pizza. And they'd fucking <laughs> they would chase him out of the. T- they, no, they they'd fucking string him up and crucify his ass again. <laughs> And they would be well within their right to do so. But in all seriousness, you know, Kentucky is such an odd place. It really is. And so to see something like a show like Hellier to kind of showcase that was it was bizarre. And for me to to see that because I'm like watching them drive through this these you know these regions and I'm like fuck they're they're absolutely correct there is weird shit going on it's not supernatural it's inbreeding but that was something I was laughing at Laurel I think last night about and she said but <laughs> I had trouble when they said half the town is abandoned or burned out because it's a fucking coal town. Yes. Yeah. It's every coal town in Kentucky is like that. 
It's like they're showing like the half melted trailers, you know, like they're like, oh, it's ominous. I'm like, it's fucking what? It's a trailer. That's what happens after a certain amount of time. That's what happens when you have a meth lab instead of trailers. This is just your life, you know. But <laughs> fun show though. We we talked about it when you were on before. I think yeah. everybody's sick and tired of Rich and I talking about it. But Laurel's a recent convert. Yeah, it just started it because I hadn't had Amazon Prime in so long. So okay. Well, just take a drink every time they say synchronicity. <laughs> Abs- yeah. Um, you'll enjoy yourself. You won't remember much, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still impressed that my husband is into it because he really is not a horror person at all or ghosts or anything. And he gets so tired of me watching like ghost hunting shows. So I think he really thought this was going to be the same thing. And he's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I'm impressed. Yeah, that was my reaction, too. I expected to hate it. You know, I expected another fucking Josh Gates piece of shit <laughs> so tried to start that that was so fucking funny no the the one ghost ghost hunting show that i hated so much when it was on was paranormal state really you guys remember you that paranormal state yes yeah, i remember why because in the intro that they would do it's like sometimes we're warriors. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, but you know who I loved that I saw that. But most of the time, you're a fucking nerd eating spaghettios in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> what is that against basement, Shane? <laughs> um, I'm in my basement right now. <laughs> I love Chip Coffee on that show, though. I think he's good. He was like one of the psychics that showed up sometimes. Didn't he pass away recently? No, did he? I, for some reason, I thought he did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it right I'm now. I'm googling it too. Have you guys ever um, melted chocolate chips in coffee before? <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> I just no, stuck I, in my head as soon as she said chip coffee. It's like fuck. That sounds good. <laughs> is that is that like an inside joke or something? Because that wasn't funny. No. <laughs> it was, it was it entirely. No, it it, it kind of is because I don't know if you listened to the last uh, episode we did with Chad, but um, Shane now has a tendency to just utter these like non sequiturs. Like Chad was talking, and then Shane was just like. And that's why mother liked him best. <laughs> wow. It's just the way my brain works. I can't I can't help it. <laughs> okay, Seth, he's currently living in Atlanta, Georgia, so he seems fine. A likely story. I'm I'm currently doing what? No, not, not oh, okay. <laughs> <Chip coffee. laughs> the fuck I am. <laughs> How much wow. cumulative alcohol and or other substances have we consumed tonight? Because I've had a lot of rum personally. But <laughs> no, uh, I am stone cold sober. Uh, oh, sober. God, Todd, are you okay? <laughs> no. 
I'm going to say, what the hell kind of question is that? He's he's probably thinking, I wish I didn't answer the phone. Right. <laughs> Let's see, the first thing they do is insult me right out the gate. <laughs> Todd, welcome to Ink Eyes, fucker. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> old bastard. <laughs> Why does everybody always have to pull the fucking old card? <laughs> well, it's not, you know, it's it's pretty rare to have someone who who's been around as long as you have. So. <laughs> I, you know, Todd, I'm going to say something, and I mean this sincerely. Fuck you. <laughs> That's how I know we're friends, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> well. I am going to have to call it a night, though, guys, because I actually have to get up at, I guess, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning to go on the uh, Staring into the Abyss podcast with uh, Michael Patrick Hicks and oh, uh, Scott Kemper. Yeah, that's the second time that's happened. I think. Yeah. Same thing. We, I, I guess they, they normally do their recordings at like 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, and I'm like, guys, I need my beauty sleep. That's, yeah, that's what... Chad told me when he was on that they were doing, they were strict about the 8.30 podcast recording time, so I said, uh, Scott, this is me formally telling you I will never be on your fucking podcast. <laughs> the only way I see 8.30 is if I'm still up. I see 8.30 when my fucking cats won't leave me alone because they're hungry. <laughs> but, you know. I usually end up going back to sleep, so, uh, yeah. Not looking forward to having to set the alarm, but uh, it'll be a good uh, good discussion. We're talking about the story The Nightwire by H.F. Arnold. Oh, fun. You guys haven't read that. You need to fix that immediately. I will do so. Yeah, that's mm. one of my all-time favorite weird short stories. I like taking those topicals things like that like i was on the necronoma.com last week some week um talking about just one specific movie and i thought that was pretty cool just to be able to micro focus like that yeah do you do that often no i think that's like the third one i've been on okay i was just curious if you had trouble focusing Oh, fuck yeah, I have trouble focusing. <laughs> How often can we call you Todd? Just, <laughs> Just give me a heads up. We can talk every night if you want. <laughs> I'm well, I haven't you laughed know. like this in a long time, so thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah. It's awesome to have you, Chad. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I just called Chad. Wow. wow. Um, who are we talking to again fucking hell no it doesn't matter Uh, no it's actually kind of fun because Rich and Laurel are drunk and we're both sober Uh, no no, I would say slightly buzzed but yeah it was was nice talking to Chad Keesling yep Uh, next week we have Todd Lepsky on the show <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. He's a shitty writer. <laughs> He's a dick. Todd Lepsky. What kind of a fucking name is Todd anyway? Right? 
fucking dork. <laughs> but seriously, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Okay, you, you have a good night, Todd. Hey, you too. Yeah. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Yep. Take care, guys. Yep. Bye. Bye. Oh, man. Well, so here we are. We just managed to do an entire show with a cold call. That was fucking awesome. I know. You know what's funny? The only person that got a recommendation in was you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think about that. <laughs> but no, it was worth it, man. I, dude, I seriously, like, I, I was laughing so hard, like, my nose is rotting. Uh, yeah, I, that was fun. I had a lot of fun with that one. But I am going to follow Todd the way of the dinosaur so I don't wake up eviscerated in the morning. <laughs> yeah, go Sounds go. good, man. Go All, right. All right. Peace, people. Uh, right. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk again next week or in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> More like five minutes, but yeah, I'll catch you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. bye.